1 Samuel chapter number 3. All right, are you there? 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was, a widespread, and there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass that while Eli was laying down in his place, and when his eyes had become to grow dim, that he could not see, before the lamp of the Lord went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, and then the Lord called unto Samuel, and he answered and said, Here am I. And so he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called. And he said, I did not call. Lay down again. And then when he went to lay down, the Lord called yet again and said, Samuel. And so Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. And he answered and said, I did not call you, my son. Go lay down. Now Samuel did not know yet the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and so he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you did call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be that if he calls you, then you must speak Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went to lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered and said, Speak, for your servant hears. For a few moments, I want to deal with the subject, Speak, for your servant hears. Speak, for your servant hears. Would you look to your neighbor and say, Speak, for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. Amen. Speak for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. For a few moments tonight, we're going to look at the story of Samuel, and uh, we're going to see how God spoke to Samuel and use this great man of God to do great exploits for him. You will recall in the history of Israel that Samuel was the boy of Hannah. Hannah was barren and could not have a child. And the Bible says that Hannah prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord gave her a son, and his name was Samuel. You'll recall the promise of Hannah, his mother. Hannah, his mother, said to the Lord that if you give me a male child or a man child, I will give him back to the Lord. Is that right? So after Hannah had the baby, she actually gave it back to the Lord. And this baby, Samuel, as a child, was raised in the tabernacle among the priests. It's just like you having a child and dropping it off at the church and it's staying at the church house with the pastor kind of thing. I mean, the boy was raised around the tabernacle, around the Ark of the Covenant, and that's where we're at in the story. We're right here where Samuel is in the tabernacle. He's around the Ark of the Covenant. He's around the priest Eli, and God is beginning to speak here, and you will begin to see some profound things that not only is uh, for your life, but it's for my life as well. Most of my points will be behind me, and I've tried my best to look at this story tonight and uh, take from the story what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us tonight. Isn't it interesting in this story that the Bible says in verse number one, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, 
And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. The word revelation is message. There is no message from God. God was not really speaking at that time. There was a, there was a dry season going on in the land of Israel. But you will find Samuel, uh, he is ministering, or he is the old word here, or the English word, uh, one of the old English words for ministry is to serve. You will find the boy serving under the priest, under the Lord. And that is in verse number 1. And the Bible says that there is no word or no message from God. It was very rare. Now I want you to put yourself in this picture tonight, and I want you to see yourself. How would you respond if you were not, if you was not hearing from God? I mean, I, I've, I've been in those places in my life where I've read the word of God, and I'm seeking the Lord, but it, 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 I feel like I'm in a dry season where I'm not really hearing from the Lord, or maybe I'm not hearing what I want to hear. Sometimes that happens as well. And so uh, there is the message of God, or, and the word of God here was not widespread. They were not hearing the word of God, and there was total silence. What do you do when you can't hear? What do you do in those dry seasons? What do you do in a season of your life where you don't hear from the Lord? And I'm not talking about the Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Sometimes I'm talking about that still small voice that, that rhema word that God speaks to you. And sometimes in our personal life, in our spiritual life, we don't hear that all the time. But what do you do in those dry seasons of your life? Well, this story is a picture of what you and I, the church, needs to do in those times of our life. As I read this scripture tonight, there is one thing that I see that's interesting and that is this, Samuel is ministering before Eli. Samuel's in the tabernacle. He's ministering before Eli. He is serving God up under the priest, and yet he doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't know the Lord. The Bible says in verse number 7, 1 Samuel 3, verse 7, 1 Samuel 3, verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord revealed to him. So you have somebody serving in the tabernacle that did not know God. He was being trained by Eli, but he did not know God. That tells me, number one, that we should never, we should never let our work for God replace the worship of God. We should never let our work for God replace the worship of God. You see, Samuel was working, he was serving in the temple up under Eli, but the Bible says, he doesn't know the word of God. He didn't know God. Even though he was serving, he still did not know God. Ladies and gentlemen, could it be that we can serve God and yet not know God? Is it possible that we can work for God and yet not rightfully worship God? That happens quite often in church. I've seen how people will serve the church, blood, sweat, and tears, and yet somehow along the way their relationship with God is not firm. It's not solid. There is no personal intimacy that they have with God. Listen, you can't serve your way into the kingdom. You can't work your way into the kingdom. You can't buy your way into the kingdom. You have to have an intimate relationship, a personal relationship, with Jesus Christ. Never let your work for God replace the worship of God. Samuel was working up under Eli the priest. He was serving in the tabernacle, and yet verse number 7 says he does not know God. He did not know God. Don't ever work so hard for God that you don't 
worship God. You don't become intimate with God. You see, the Bible says, the Bible says that uh, uh, Samuel was laying in his place. Uh, he was in bed. He was resting. It's, it's at nighttime. And he heard a voice. And the Bible says, verse number 4, 1 Samuel 3, verse 4, And the Lord called to Samuel, and he answered and said, Here am I. Now, what did Samuel think? Samuel thought that it was Eli, the priest, calling him. He had no idea it was the Lord calling him. He thought it was the priest calling him. You see, sometimes, sometimes, and, and I, we don't really focus on hearing right. Sometimes we want to hear what we want to hear, and we perceive that it's God. And we got to be very careful that when God is speaking to us, that we know it's God. And what happens is some of us make bad decisions and then we blame it on God. No, it wasn't God's fault. It's just you didn't hear right. Somebody say amen. It's important that we hear right. Number two, too much of our attention is being, on, being heard when it should be on hearing. We want to be heard all the time. But you see, in this story, it's really an illustration of hearing the Lord. Hearing the right voice. He didn't perceive it was the Lord. He perceived it was Eli. Too much of our attention is being, on, being heard when it should be on hearing. A lot of our prayer life is about being heard. God, do you hear me? God, do you hear me? I've prayed and prayed and prayed and I've sought God. I, I wish God would hear me. Well, let me ask you a question. God's been speaking a lot. God's been speaking a long time. Are you listening to what he is saying? And sometimes when God speaks, we don't want to hear what God really wants to say. I promise you, if you are praying, God is a prayer answering God. He does answer prayer. He does listen and he does speak. Sometimes we don't want to hear what God is saying. Somebody say amen. So too much of the attention is being on, on being heard when it should be on what's hearing. Let me say this. You being heard does not change your life. Your life can change by what you hear, not by what you say. You understand what I'm saying? Too much of our attention is being, on, being heard when it should be hearing. Listen, what you say can't change your life, but what you hear from him can change your life. Can I hear an amen? What, what, what you are saying not, can't necessarily change your life. But what you hear from God can change your life. You see, Samuel went to lay down. He kept hearing a voice. And every time he heard a voice, he got up and he would go into the priest. He would say, did you call me? Did you call me? You see, sometimes when you're, not, when you're experiencing those seasons in your life called a dry spell, you think you're hearing from God and you don't know whether it's God or not. Sometimes when you experience a dry spell, it's a call to innovate. It's a, tall, it's a call for us to try something new. In other words, he tried something new, didn't he? You know what he did? He went to Eli, and something happened, something new happened. The Bible says that Eli perceived that it was the Lord speaking. And he told Samuel to go back to bed. And if he speaks this time, I want you to try something new. I want you to say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. 
You see, when you're in a dry spell, you need to innovate. In other words, you need to, you need to uh, try something new. And that's exactly what happened in this story. He tried something new. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Before, I thought it was Eli, but now I'm going to change things up. And I'm going to say, Lord, speak to me. I want to listen. You see? What God desires to do in you is much greater than what has ever happened to you. The reason that God speaks is because God wants to do something in you and not necessarily to you. You see, sometimes when we're in these seasons of our life, sometimes we rely upon the manifestation presence of God instead of trusting the omnipresence of God. You see, when you're in a season like this, and when you're in a dry season, and, and you're trying to figure out, is God speaking, or is it me speaking, you need to come to the conclusion that you've got to trust the omnipresence of God when you can't necessarily trust the manifestation presence of God, the manifest presence of God. You see, we as Pentecostals love the manifest presence of God. We love the manifestation. We love the feelings. But sometimes the feelings is not there. So can I hear an amen? You've got to trust the omnipresence of God. That means I can't feel him, I can't sense him, but I know he is real and he does exist. You can't always run after manifestations. If you're going to run after manifestations, you're going to be running from church to church to church to church. It is great when the manifest presence of God shows up. It's great when we feel the presence of God. I want to feel it. But ladies and gentlemen, there's times in my life where I don't hear nothing, I don't sense anything, I'm in a dry spell, but my faith is not in what I feel, but my faith is in the omnipresence of Almighty God. I know He exists. I know He's real. You know, the Bible tells us a story of Jacob. You know Jacob... His name was later changed to Israel, right? Jacob, the Bible says that Jacob laid his head on a rock. You remember that? Used the rock as a pillar. And the Bible says that there was like a ladder, a staircase going to heaven, and heaven was opened up, and he saw angels ascending and descending. You remember that story. What's so interesting about that story is that Jacob laid his head on a rock. In other words, headship. He laid his head on a rock. He laid his head on something that's firm. He laid his head on something that's, that, that's established. And when you lay your life upon the rock, ladies and gentlemen, the heavens will open up above you. The heavens only open when headship is laying on a solid rock. You got to trust the omnipresence of God. You can't always trust the manifest presence of God, even though that's what we want and desire. Listen, feelings are not facts. That's a big revelation for some people in life. Feelings are not facts. Well, Pastor, I just fell out of love. Love is fickle. You know what love is? Love is a commitment, love is a decision. It's good when you get the goosebumps. It's good when you play with each other's ears and rub your hand through their hair. It's good when you want to talk all night to 3 o'clock in the morning. But sometimes it's just not there and you've got to decide to love people anyway. 
Can I hear an amen? You can't live by feelings all the time. One preacher said it like this, don't live by your feelings, but live by your discipline. Some of us don't need deliverance, you just need to discipline yourself. You've been praying for deliverance for 20 years and you're blaming God that God don't hear you. Well, God's not going to come down and discipline your life. That right there was worth a lot of money, right there, what I just said. God's not going to come down and discipline your life. Quit praying for things that you have the ability to change. I'm going to say that again. Quit praying about things that you have the ability to change. I'm in debt. Quit using the credit cards. Well, I don't know why they don't like me. Quit giving dirty looks. Can I hear an amen? Quit praying for deliverance when you have the ability to change some things. You know what deliverance is? Deliverance happens when you take assessment of your resources and find out that you really can't change it and discipline it and correct it, you need somebody outside of yourself to help you. That is when you need true deliverance. But if you have the means in your hands to correct it and change it, the Holy Spirit will empower you to do it. Can I hear an amen? So consistency in your discipline will always master something. Mastery only happens when there's consistency. Don't live by your feelings. Live by your discipline. You can't cast out something that needs discipline in your life. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry that, you know, I, I do believe that the enemy can come and oppress you and he can possess those people who are under the influence of the enemy. But ladies and gentlemen, there are some things in your life that you have the ability to change. Am I right about it? Number five, you know what's interesting in this story is that they had to trust the omnipresence of God because the word of God was rare. God wasn't manifesting himself. And that's what we've got to do. Eli knew God existed, even though the word of God was rare. They trusted the omnipresence of God. And I am glad that in this story, now you know in the history here that Eli had some issues in his life. His family had some issues. His sons had some issues. But we're not going to look at that. You know, that's a different sermon here. But what I want you to see is that that Eli was a mature man in the faith. He understood that God was speaking. He could discern what God was doing. In other words, he was mature. And that is what I think that needs to happen in our life. We need some more Elis that know how to discern the word of God for the people of God. He understood that it wasn't just Samuel's fragment imagination it was really the word of God he had the spirit of discernment he was mature in the faith and do you know what maturity is there's many definitions for being mature but this is one of the definitions that I like maturity is being able to remain consistent to your commitments long after your emotions have passed 
Can I say that again? Maturity is being able to remain consistent to your commitments long after your emotions have passed. Emotions make you sign up. They won't make you show up. And that's what maturity is. And we're living in a generation where we see a lot of immaturity because their life is based on emotions. They get mad and offended and they jump from one place to another. They go from here to the go there. They're in this relationship one day and out of this relationship the next day. In and out, up and down. You see, there are ups, there's highs and there's lows and there's plateaus. You've, you can learn from the highs of life. You can learn from the lows of life and you can learn from the plateaus of life. But the highs and the lows and the plateaus of life are just learning lessons. There are a maturity lesson for you to remain consistent in your commitment long after your emotions have passed. How do I know I'm hearing from God? You know you're hearing from God when the emotions are gone on Monday and you still feel the urge and you still feel the fervency to do the thing that God has told you to do. Boy, I've been in services, David, where those people took up offerings and I've gave hundreds of dollars. Everybody was, everybody, I, you run up here and, I mean, I've even took off my tie and threw it up there. I mean, I've done whatever I've got to do, you know. And after I left, I never regretted ever giving to the Lord. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't ever regret giving to the house of God or the work of the Lord. I think it's, it's a privilege and it's honor to do so. But I do believe that, you know, there is, you've got to be sensitive to the voice of God because your emotions can get so stirred up that you could regret it later and not really have followed the leading of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? And so maturity is being able to remain consistent to your commitments long after the emotions pass. I remember, I don't know how long ago it was, I was talking to somebody and they were telling me they didn't want to be married no longer. You don't know them, they don't go to this church, so don't try to figure them out, okay? So, and, and they were a young couple, a very young couple, and I said, well, why don't you want to be married? Didn't you know, the, didn't you know that this was a, a lifelong commitment? And I, I swear to you, this is what, she was 18 years old, and she said to me, well, she said, I just wanted to, I just wanted to have a big wedding. I wanted to wear a wedding dress and walk down the aisle, and I just, I just wanted to have a big day. But I really didn't love him. I, I really don't want to stay with him. And, you know, my mouth about fell to the ground because that's the generation we're producing. We're producing a generation that everybody wants to be emotionally hyped, but we don't want to stay to the commitment. Well, this is some good preaching right here. You know what? I want, I want and I, of course, I explained in the Word of God. I said, baby girl, it's too late. You got to stick with them. <laughs> Can somebody say amen? <laughs> oh. How many knows it's good that I find the right one because I don't want to be sitting on the other end? <laughs> but I don't want to wait forever either. Can somebody say amen? So, maturity is being able to remain constant and consistent to your commitments long after your feelings have passed. And I want you to say this with me as loud as you can say it. Feelings are not facts. And just because you are offended doesn't mean you're right. Because every person I've ever met that's offended, they always think they're right. 
Well, y'all got, we all were shouting with me a few moments ago. What happened here? Y'all, I know what y'all think. He should preach this on Sunday morning because I know some folks that need to hear this. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Feelings are not facts. They're not facts. It's good that we have the feeling. How many knows we're, we're an emotional creature? It's good we have feelings. I like feelings. But you can't base everything on feelings. Amen. Now, this is what I want you to see in this story. This is, this is awesome. Everybody look up here. You have Eli, then you have Samuel. Now, did you notice that Eli understood God but could not hear God? While Samuel could hear God but did not understand God. I'm going to say that again. Eli did not understand God. But he could hear God because he's the one that told Samuel, go back, I perceive the Lord is calling you. If he calls, answer him. He, he could hear God. He didn't really understand God. And then you have Samuel who could hear God but did not understand God. That is why in the story you have both of them yoking up together. The person who don't understand hooked up to the person that could hear, and the person who couldn't hear hooked up to the person who could understand. You know what that's saying? That's the younger generation, and that's the older generation. We have some people that don't understand a lot about God, but they know how to hear God. And then we got a lot of young people, full of zeal, full of passion, they can hear the voice of God, but they don't understand the precepts and principles of the Word of God. That is why we can't throw the old folks out and throw the young folks out. We need both of them working together so we can hear and understand what God is speaking. Somebody say amen. Both of them coming together. Eli and Samuel, both generations working together. You see, I don't understand everything about God. I really don't but I can hear God. I know specifically God's spoken to me about lots of things. Maybe you don't understand everything about God, but us working together, goodness, we can see the kingdom built for God. Now, this is, this is um, in the story. You have Samuel hearing from God, but didn't understand it was God until Eli spoke and said, I perceive it's God. And I could preach another sermon about the need for leadership in our life. God puts people in our life, leadership, to help us to discern the voice of God and the will of God. He puts people in our life. So he, he, uh, Samuel was under leadership. Listen, I can't expect you to submit to me if I don't have someone that I submit to. I can't expect my staff and all those who work with me to to be transparent and work on their issues when I'm not willing to admit my issues and work on my own. You see what I'm saying? A transparency, a, a working together. And here in this story, Samuel heard the voice of God. Number seven, just because you hear something, just because you hear something, 
don't, it doesn't mean you need to move immediately. Just because you hear something, that doesn't mean you need to move immediately. Because what happened was, listen, Samuel kept hearing the voice, hearing the voice, hearing the voice. He didn't understand that it was God that was speaking to him until the last time, and Eli said, listen, it's God, I, I, I perceive it's God speaking to you. But what I want you to see in this story, there is two confirmations that you need when God speaks. You need heaven to confirm it, and you need the earth to confirm it. In this story, heaven spoke. God was speaking to Samuel, and then who confirmed it? Eli. The earth confirmed it. So when God is speaking, heaven will speak and you will know it, but it is always confirmed to someone on the earth. I am sorry if you say you've heard from God and nobody else can hear his voice and you're the only one that's heard his voice. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't believe that you're the only one that he can hear God and, and God can't confirm it with somebody else. When God speaks, when God spoke, God spoke from heaven. Is that right? Heaven was speaking. Heaven was speaking to Samuel, but the earth confirmed it. Who was on the earth? Eli. He confirmed it on the earth. So when God speaks, heaven and the earth confirms with one another. When we moved over here, I, was, I felt such at peace, seriously. I felt such at peace that I, that I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me, and, and, and it was a journey. But I was also at peace to knowing that God can speak to the leadership, and if they didn't want to move, that was fine. I was perfectly at peace at that because I rest in short that they are capable men and women of God who can hear God just as much as I can hear God. But how many has ever seen people that they're the only one that can hear God? The only ones. Are y'all learning tonight? Lastly, see what needed to happen in the story. Samuel just needed to be reminded. It was nothing new. God had been speaking for a long time. They were just in a dry spell. Eli realized that God used to speak. Eli could remember God speaking. It's been a long time. So what was happening in the story wasn't anything new. It was just something they need to be reminded of. The last point. Just because you... The last point. Sometimes the secret to progression is not something you need to learn. Sometimes the secret to progression is not something you need to learn, but something you need to remember. Let me say that again. Sometimes the secret to progression is not something you need to learn, but something you need to remember. See, it's not always trying to learn something. Sometimes you just need to remember and Eli remembered, oh, I remember God. He used to speak. Samuel, when you go back to sleep, you say, here am I, for your servant is listening. For your servant is listening. In the New Testament, 
one of the greatest things that you find at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, Matthew 6 verse 16, the Bible says that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And the Bible says that when John baptized Jesus, when he baptized Jesus in Matthew 3.16, the Bible says he went into the water and when he come up out of the water, the heavens opened and the Lord spoke, the Father spoke and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You see, it's interesting in that story that the heavens were open when Jesus went under. Could it be that sometimes we've got to be under pressure before the heavens open? Could it be that sometimes we've got to be under leadership before the heavens open? I mean, could it be that sometimes we've got to be under something before the heavens open? You see, of course, the Jordan baptism represents death. Symbolically, we see that death in our Christian life, death to self, causes the heavens to be rendered, causes the heavens to speak to us. It's also interesting that this is the first time that Jesus, in recorded scripture, heard the voice of the Father. That's the beginning of his ministry. Why? Because right after that, throughout his ministry, he had the attacks from the Pharisees and religious leaders and Sadducees. Jesus had to hear a word from God that he was accepted and beloved by the Father because he knew that his security could not be founded upon the acceptance of religious leaders, but that his acceptance was found in the approval of his Father. The very first thing you need, you need to hear his voice and let his voice speak to you because sometimes you can't always trust the voices around you. Ladies and gentlemen, what can we learn from this story? This story is a plethora of information that we can go on and on, but I've tried my best to share my heart with you tonight to let you know that one of the greatest things is not being heard, it's actually listening to God. Speak, Lord, for your servant really does hear. I want to have a listening heart, listening ears that I can hear your voice. It's... it's Interesting in the story that Samuel was so close, but yet he was so far. He was in the tabernacle, busy serving under Eli, but yet he didn't know God and couldn't discern his voice. And yet God yoked him up with somebody who didn't understand God, but he could discern God's voice. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I pray. I pray that you would never let your work for God replace your worship of God. Number one, never let your work for God replace your worship of God. Don't become so busy serving in the church that you neglect your relationship with Christ. Number two, that too much of our attention is always trying to be heard when really it should be on listening. Speak for your servant hears. Number three, Sometimes you've got to try something new in those seasons of your life. You've got to trust the omnipresence of God because sometimes the manifest presence of God is not there. You've got to remain that in those seasons where you don't hear God, that God is trying to produce maturity in your life. 
Maturity is being able to remain consistent to your commitments long after the emotions have passed. That's what God is trying to do. When you can hear God, God is saying, I'm trying to mature you to the place that you're able to stand on your own two feet and remain consistent to your commitments even though you don't feel me all the time. This story also demonstrates that we've got to have an Eli in our life. There's Samuels. But we all got to work together. We may not like the music. Some of you may not like some of the things we do. Some of the younger people may not like what we do. And you know, that's always, you know, that's always happens in church. And I think that's normal for a healthy church to have differences of opinions, don't you think? But in spite of all of that, we can learn from each other and we can grow from each other and we can hear God together. Would you say amen? And just because you hear something doesn't mean you need to move immediately. What am I saying? Just because you hear something, you need to get clarity. Heaven will speak, but also the earth will speak. When God is speaking, He wants you to have clarity. Heaven will speak, but the earth will speak as well. Heaven speaks, but the earth will confirm it. And sometimes the secret to our progression and our progress is not something we need to learn, ladies and gentlemen. It's something that we need to remember. We need to remember. Did you enjoy the word of the Lord tonight?